Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you. I'm Pastor Ricardo, and I have the privilege of pastoring Journey Church Ventura. And we are excited that you're here. Very excited. I know you've been greeted a whole bunch of times already, but we want to just let you know that we're excited to have you. If you've come here as a family member, maybe as someone who's being baptized, we appreciate that. The support, the encouragement, all of that is so significant and important. We just uh, want you to know that we're so grateful that you have made your time here. Also, we wanted to just let you know that if you have, if you came prepared to give, God bless you for doing that. And Don will be uh, available after service. He'll have a blue bag in his hand. And if you want to give, you can give on your way out. And you can wave your hand if you choose to do that. And he'd be happy to stop by and uh, receive your offering. Thank you so much for being faithful and giving to the Lord. And uh, another thing I wanted to talk about. Next Sunday, we're going to start 24 days of prayer. 24 days of prayer. That 24 days gets us right to election day on November 3rd. And I think it's essential and important that we pray for our country, that we pray that God would move and have his way in our lives and in our country's life. And so in the next 24 days, starting next Sunday on October the 11th, we're going to be praying for 24 days as a church together. We'll have a prayer guide for you. We'll have all kinds of opportunities to have some focal points that we want to pray for. And uh, we just believe that God is going to do some amazing things. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah. So we're going to see God do some great things. I want to take a moment and pray. Pray for our president and his wife and those that have recently acquired the COVID-19 infection. We just believe that God is a healing God, that he's able to touch our president, his wife, and all the other people that have um, uh, come down with it. And so we just, will you take a a moment and pray with me? This is not a political prayer. This is just a prayer for healing for our president of the country and all others that have received this terrible infection. God, we come to you right now and we pray for our president, President Trump and his wife Melania, and we pray for those others that have, uh, as a a result of these infections, we just pray that you would heal in the name of Jesus, that you would bring health and wholeness, Lord, not only to to these individuals, but to all of those that have received this this, uh, uh, virus. We pray that you bring healing and health to their bodies, wholeness to our country, and, and, and health to our country, God. We pray that you would have your way in us, and we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we have been in a series, and this is the last week of the series called Power. And if there's ever a time to talk about power and the appropriate use of power, it would be now. There's a whole lot of people just grabbing for power, wanting power. And uh, here's a thought that we've used this entire last six weeks. And it's this big thought, that God's power is the only power that truly changes our lives and affects change in others. Let's say it again. God's power is the only power that truly changes our lives and affects change in the lives of others. And if we will grasp a hold of that, then we, the pressure is off us to have the power, right? The pressure is off us to have all the power that we think we need and even willpower. It's not by our willpower that we can do great things. It's by God's power that we can do great things. And so it's, it's only his power that brings a place of change. Today's message I've entitled simply, 
the power of baptism. The power of baptism. We're having a baptism Sunday. We have 22 people signed up right now and ready and registered to come in and be baptized in just a few moments. And I'm super excited about that. And I'm probably going to get all wrinkled up because we're going to be in the pool for a little while. But that'll be fun. And it'll be a good time. And uh, I'm okay with uh, wrinkled toes and fingers. All right. But baptism, there's a power in what's going to happen today. There's a power in this moment. There's a power in what happens when we go down, when you go down into the water and you come up out of that water, there's something significant that God does in this moment. And I want to talk about it. Have you ever put a stake in the ground? And I'm not talking about, have you ever poured concrete? I'm talking about, have you had a moment in your life where you put a stake in the ground and said, this is it. Life changed from this point on. Things are going to change. Things are going to be different. The stake in the ground goes right there. There, have you ever drawn a line in the sand and said, no longer, no longer does the enemy get across this line and have any control over my life or the life of the, my loved ones? I'm going to draw a line in the sand. And that is exactly what we're doing today in baptism. It's establishing a mile marker, a point in time in your life where you're saying, and maybe you've already said it, Jesus is the Lord of my life. I am committed to follow him for the rest of my life, and I will do everything in my power, in, in, in God's power, to, to live for him and, and affect change in the lives of other people. That's exactly what we're doing is we're establishing a mile marker. We're identifying a place in time, a place in time when life changed for you. How many have had a, a, a point in time where you, you said, Jesus, come into my life, and it's from that point on that life has radically changed? Yeah, yeah. For those of you online, there's probably a point in time where you have said or have said something to the effect of, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I, I believe that you were raised from the dead, and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. That was a life-changing moment. That's a mile marker that we all need to recognize, and baptism is a part of that. Baptism is a part of that. In 19, July of 1979, I was sitting in the back pew of a church, a man by the name of Wendell Kruger, Pastor Wendell Kruger, was preaching. And I had grown up in church. I had grown up in, in, in chewing on the pews and sleeping under the pews and, and chewing gum and sticking them in the offering envelopes and uh, writing on the offering envelopes and all those kinds of things. I grew up in church but never accepted Christ until July of 1979. I was sitting in this back row of this church looking for a date, hoping that I could meet somebody to date and go out with and, and, and have a relationship with. And as a result, uh, I was back there, and all of a sudden, from the pulpit to the very back pew, God spoke very clearly to me. He said this. He said, I love you, and I have a plan for your life. I love you, and I have a plan for your life. Now, that wasn't the first time I ever heard it said by a human, but it was the first time I actually ever heard God speak to me. And it was at that moment that tears began to flow out of my eyes, and my heart had been, for the very first time, uh, realizing that God was real. That the, the religious life that I had witnessed most of my life, other than a few circumstances growing up, I all of a sudden realized that this was my choice. It wasn't my parents' fault. It wasn't my, my, my grandma's fault. It wasn't anybody's fault that I didn't believe in Jesus up to that point. It was my own choice. And it was at that moment 
Then I walked down to the altar when Pastor Wendell Kruger, a very close friend of mine and a, actually a family member of mine in a unique way, called us down and we went to the altar and I accepted Christ that day in July of 1979. And it was that at that point, and I want you to remember this phrase, it was at that point that I was forever changed. I was forever changed. That's the theme of this baptism weekend is that we are forever changed. It's on the shirts of those that are being baptized today. We are forever changed. We have had our lives transformed by the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That is the life-changing moment. That is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he came and he died and he gave his life as a ransom for your life and my life. That's powerful. That's powerful. It was at that point that my motives changed. Not all of them. I still have motives that need to be changed and are transformed. But it was at that point that God refocused re, uh, re my life and put me in a place where I was, my motives were different. My practices became different. I was no longer, at least not, not fully, any longer involved in just serving myself. My purpose, the direction of my life changed. And the Holy Spirit came into my life and transformed me. It made me a different individual. I was forever changed. And I want to appeal to anybody in this parking lot, anybody online, that if you today are here and you have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day where you can be forever changed. He is real. He loves you. He cares more about you than anybody else on this planet. And he died for you. And he rose again to promise you eternal life. You can be forever changed. Yes, yes. In Acts chapter 2, Peter, one of the apostles of Jesus Christ, was preaching a message, and he, Acts chapter 2 is, one, is what is called the Pentecost chapter. It's when the Holy Spirit comes down and, and fills the people with his power in their lives. And he, after they're filled with the Holy Spirit, he stands up and he preaches to all of these people in Jerusalem that had gathered there for a festival. And as a result, he's out there preaching the gospel and he's telling them everything about Jesus. And he's saying that they too can be saved. And they ask the question, what shall we do? And here's his answer. He says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, he says this, Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. He, he wasn't holding back. He was just saying, every one of you, repent and be baptized. He wasn't there. That's the beauty of the gospel. There is no, no barrier between any race, any person, any, any individual. It's for everybody on this planet that Jesus has come to save. He says, repent and be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, all, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Those far off people are you and me. This was 2000, over 2,000 years ago. You and me today, the message is for us. In verse 40, it says, many, with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to, that, to their number that day. 3,000. 
3,000 people came to Christ. 3,000 people got in the water that day and were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And it was a powerful, powerful baptism that happened that day. It was a powerful day of repentance. And I just want to talk and answer a couple questions about baptism and why it's so powerful. Why do we need to go public? It's because it's that opportunity to put a stake in the ground. It's that opportunity to draw a line in the sand. It's that opportunity to create a, a, a mile marker for our lives and say, this is the moment. This is the day. This is the date that I proclaim Jesus publicly before everybody else about what happened inwardly, I proclaimed outwardly. That's the day. It's the day that we get to, why do we go public? It's because we have an opportunity to say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I identify, yeah, amen. I I'm not only a follower, but I identify with the body of Christ. In other words, I belong to a big group of people. What I belong to is far bigger than myself and is a supportive group of people that will help me through life and we will all grow together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what I love about our mission statement. That Journey Church Ventura exists to enter into the journeys of those that have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness while at the same time growing together in a relationship with Jesus. That's our mission statement. That's what, why we exist. That's what we are all about. And I'm priv we're privileged to enter into the journey that you're going through today. And we're so excited about that. But if you, if you have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness, you can do that today. And then we're going to grow together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We go public because we have an opportunity to identify with Jesus and with the body of Christ. We have an opportunity to obey his word, which says to be baptized. It says to be baptized. We're following Christ's example. And it's a clear declaration of our loyalties. Who we're loyal to. Who we give our priority to. When Jesus says jump, we jump. When other people say jump, we question. It's okay. But if Jesus is talking to us, if Jesus, he's the first one that we obey. He's the first one that we put in priority in our, our relationship, in our tasks, in our, in our concerns, in our worries. We do whatever Jesus wants. In other words, today, we go public to declare, I am forever changed, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. We completely identify with who Jesus is. Amen. Amen. So here's the reason. Here's what happens when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And this will be quick because we want to get to the baptisms as soon as possible. But what happens when we put our faith in Jesus as Savior? The first is simply this, is that sins confessed are sins forgiven. Sins confessed are sins forgiven. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I just want to focus on the all part there because every mistake you've made, everything you've done wrong, everything that we have committed that separated us from a relationship with Jesus Christ, if we say, Jesus, I am a sinner, I've made mistakes, and you can get as specific as you want, but all you have to say is, God, please forgive me of my sins, and they are gone. They are gone. And I love that. I love that. Hey, if we had to justify ourselves... If we had to make our own way right, I would walk off the stage because there's no way 
that I would be worthy to stand here and proclaim Jesus to you today. But because of his grace and because of his forgiveness, I am completely righteous, I am completely whole, and I stand holy before you and before God. Not because of anything I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And that's for you as well. All of us stand pure and right before him. Sins confessed are sins forgiven. Secondly, we belong to the family of God. I love this passage in John chapter 1, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. We are all family members. We are all belong to this family called the family of God. We are all children of God, and we have an inheritance that we have uh, become a part of because of what Jesus did on the cross. Today, you and I are privileged to be called a child of the King, a child of the King, and because of that, we belong to the family of God. What happens when we put our faith in Jesus? Sins confessed or sins forgiven. We belong to the family of God. We become a new creation. You become a completely new individual. The old is gone, the Bible says in first, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The new is here. We are new. We are brand new people. We are completely made new from the inside out. Yeah, it takes a little time for that newness to come out sometimes. But in reality, we are all made new on the inside. We all have a new way of life, new motives, new reason, new purpose, new calling. All of that is new. Why? Because Jesus has entered in and taken over. And it's because we choose that. We choose that. And that's what Jesus does in our lives. What happens when we give ourselves to Jesus? Sins confessed, our sins forgiven. We belong to the family of God. We are a new creation. And then we have a new direction. Acts 3.19 says this, Repent then. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. One of the biggest symbols of what d d baptism means is that we are turning from our old way of life and turning towards God in our new way of life. And we're going public and we're telling people, no, I, I used to go this direction. I used to identify with the world. I used to do the things of the world. I used to embrace all the things of the world. But today I'm turning around. I've already made the decision to say no to the world and say yes to Jesus. That's the direction. I'm going in a new direction to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's what happens when Jesus comes in. We repent we turn from the old ways and experience the new ways. And when we do that, God honors the beauty of the relationship. We have our sins forgiven. We belong to the family of God. We're a new creation. We have a new direction, and we have an unimpeded relationship with God. You realize that before you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you did not have free access to go talk to God. You did not have free access. You needed a, a mediator who is Jesus to get us to God. And until we go through that mediator, we cannot access God. We cannot access the Father. And we need Jesus to, to forgive us of our sins and to remove that separation between us and God. In Hebrews 4, it says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Listen to this last one. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Let us then approach God's, God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus made a way so that you and I can enter into God's throne room, which was not possible prior to his sacrifice. We had to go through a priest in the Old Testament. We go through the high priest of Jesus Christ in the New Testament to get to God, and he's made a way so that you and I now have an unimpeded relationship with Jesus, with with God the Father, and we can go and, and talk to God at any time. We have a father that cares like no other father cares. And that's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the work that Jesus did in our lives. What happens when we get saved? We, our sins are forgiven. We belong to the family of God. We become a new creation. We go in a new direction because of repentance. We have an unimpeded relationship with God, and we have the promise of everlasting life. John three sixteen. Many, many of you have heard it, if not <clears throat> seen it in football stadiums, holding up a sign that says simply this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. When we give our lives to Jesus, we get to live forever. I love that. I love that. We're going to get a new body. Yes. We're going to live with Jesus forever. And we get the promise of everlasting life. We can't imagine forever, but forever is real. We're just on the front end of it. And we get to spend forever with Jesus. That's the beautiful part of living with Jesus. And lastly, we get eternal, internal strength to face external pressure. When you give your heart to Jesus, you have something inside of you now that can push as hard from the out inside as the pressure pushes hard from the outside. Many of us are going through challenges and troubles and difficulties in our lives, and we feel this pressure from the world. But the, the, the internal pressure that Jesus gives us the power that comes from the inside by the Holy Spirit pushes so hard from the inside that the outside cannot crush us. This passage of Scripture says this in 2 Corinthians 4. It says, we are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Church, we have the privilege of knowing that there is a Jesus inside of us that is far greater than any pressure or power or darkness on the outside of us. That's the beauty of giving our hearts to Jesus. When we give our hearts to Jesus, our sins are forgiven. We belong to the family of God. We're a new creation. We have a new direction. We have an unimpeded relationship with Jesus Christ. We have the promise of everlasting life, and we have this internal strength to go through life victoriously. We are forever changed. We are forever changed. There is not a, a, a single thing that Jesus won't touch in our lives that will leave us in the darkness, that will leave us in the despair of life, that will leave us without hope. He will touch every aspect of our lives, every point in our lives, and he will give us the hope of eternal life. 
None of us have to remain without hope. All of us within earshot of this message today, whether you are in this parking lot or outside of this parking lot or down these streets or sitting in a back corner somewhere, Jesus is your hope and your savior. Are you ready to make a clear declaration of your loyalties today? Are you ready to identify with Jesus? Are you ready to obey the command to be baptized and follow Christ's example? Are you ready to place a stake in the ground and commit to follow Jesus with your whole heart? If you are ready to say, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, then if you haven't been baptized already, you're ready to be baptized now. And I want to ask all those that have already signed up to be baptized to start making your way over to this table because we're going to, in just a few moments, baptize you. And we're going to see God bless you for putting a stake in the ground. Bless you for being forever changed. Bless you because God has already done a work inside you that you're ready to go public with on the outside. I'm so excited for all of you. And if you are here and you didn't come ready to be baptized, but you, you've heard this message and you said, I got to make, make the public confession. I got to go public with my faith. I got to do that. I want to just invite you to get out of your car. It doesn't matter if your clothes are wet. It doesn't matter what happens. This is by far more important than anything you'll ever do. I want to invite the kids to make their way over. The kids are going to sit here and some of the kids are being baptized and we're very excited about that. But I believe God is going to make a difference and a change in the hearts and lives of people. Maybe you came today and you're sitting in your car and you're going, man, I wish I had come with shorts or something like that. Never mind. We don't, you're just going to get wet. It's just water. And you can stay as long as you want to dry off if you need to. But we're just going to believe that God is going to baptize you, right? And he's going to touch your heart and he's going to honor the stake that you're putting in the ground today. Maybe you're a guest of somebody that came today to be baptized and you're saying, man, I wish I would have joined him or her. Hey, you can do it. Jump out of that car. Let the people know that you want to be baptized and we'll, we'll baptize you today. We're going to see God do some great things. I want to invite those of you, if you want, you can get out of your car and we're just going to ask you if you want to come up here and you can social distance. We're going to trust you to do that. Please wear your mask. Please social distance. But you're welcome to be up front here and come and see what's going on as we begin to baptize. Ron is going to lead us in a song. This song is a song that has meaning to me. It says, I believe. And we're going to see God do a great, great thing. So God bless you. And let me pray with you right now. If you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I confess that I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. And I accept your forgiveness based on the work you did on the cross. And based on that work you did on the cross, I realize and I confess that you rose three days later to live eternally and to promise me eternal life. And I accept that eternal life right now. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. You are the leader and Lord of my life. And I confess that you are Lord. And today I accept your salvation. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are a believer in Jesus. You are a disciple on your way to heaven. And I want to invite you right now, as, as Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized. You just did the repenting part. Now it's time to be baptized and go public with your faith. So God bless you. Ron's going to lead us in a song, and I'll meet you in the pool in just a few moments. 
Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.